In 1877, on a farm in Christian County, Kentucky, a boy was born. But not just any boy. This boy would go on to be a man who could heal himself and others. See what people are doing. See the future. All while in a trance. They call him the American Nostrodamus. (laughs) The sleeping prophet, they call him. Edgar Casey. <laughs> what? That's that him. <laughs> That's the guy. So yeah, I just showed them a picture for the first time of this Edgar Casey. <laughs> really, he, he strikes an imposing frame. Really, <laughs> the weakest chinned man I've um, <laughs> I had the pleasure of reading about. That's for sure. Uh, so we are doing it, guys. We're doing it. I'm pumped. I am pumped. You're going to get all this out your head. Um, we are talking Edgar Casey. He is uh, one of the most fascinating individuals, especially from Kentucky, our home state, that I've ever heard about before in my life. So. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, which I'm so happy about. I mean, not that <laughs> I'm not yeah, happy that you I don't, don't know, know anything shit. about him. <laughs> But, but that's why you're happy to sit here and give yes, us some learning. That's why I'm here. Yes. So, uh, and we're going to do a full probe of mm-hmm. Edgar Casey. We're going to do a really just trying to get all the juices, ring them out for all we can. So He's this got is, a lot of juices, too. <laughs> he does. This is going to be a multi-part uh, series for the first time that we're going to try. So, uh, let's get into it. So, I, I fully expect the floor to be damp from all the juices being just, <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the dampening. So That's not the title of the first episode. <laughs> the dampening. <laughs> yes, it is. Ready yourselves. It's a lot of dead bait. Whoa. Let's go back in time a little bit. We're going to 1877 in the month of March, the 18th day. There's Carrie and Leslie Casey. They gave birth to a little boy that they dubbed Edgar. By the way, Leslie's the father. So, so we all... I was wondering, so thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they had him at their family farm. Little Edgar was popped into the world full of a lot of crying. That's basically all he did in his first couple uh, months. But we'll get into that here in just a sec. Let's go back even further than that and talk about his family just real quick. Okay? His heritage, if you will. Uh, His family was one of prestige. By that, I mean that they had a lot of slaves. Um, Hell yeah. I mean, no. (laughs) No. No. We don't like it's that. It's a clear no. They um both sides are just So actually okay, so the Casey's mm-hmm. had a f- huge farm that was also next to the Majors. That's another family. They claimed that you could walk seven miles from the Egger from Egger Casey where he grew up, the Casey farm, 
you could walk seven miles to into Hopkinsville, and the whole time you're just passing either a KC land or Majors land, the whole time for slaves the whole way. And yes, so th- that's what we're talking about here. With it, it's a large farm they got going mm-hmm. on here. Um, actually, the um town that they are technically closest to though is Beverly, which I guess I should get into that. Yeah, Christian County, Kentucky. Hopkinsville is the okay. town I'm there. I'm not that familiar with the area. Yeah, it's uh, western Kentucky, uh, down by the Tennessee border, closer to the Tennessee border. It's close to like land between the lakes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, not that far from Mammoth Cave, but probably maybe still about an hour away. But uh, yeah, so it's full on western Kentucky, uh, kind of close to Nashville, actually. Okay. So um, the closest town actually to the Casey Farm was not actually Hawkinsville, it was Beverly, but that's kind of just a little community. And I, I don't know the area, but I've, of course, heard about the Casey's and the Majors. I mean, that's <laughs> like become iconic. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yeah. Um, no, oh. because they <laughs> they basically all of their uh, profits went away after the Civil War. But we'll get to that. Uh, Edgar's f- grandfather. Thomas Casey. He's the one who kind of amassed all of this wealth for slaves. Mm-hmm. He had a tobacco farm, and um, he didn't really... I mean, he was out there, I guess, working, quote-unquote, but, you know. He was supervising, probably, is what yeah. he was doing. He wasn't fucking Probably. Working. And no one, I will say, I guess, all of my reading about the Casey's, no one really talked about him, like beating anyone but does that really make anything that much better just because someone didn't yeah, we record something doesn't mean anything. we don't need to take the stance of like he was one of the nice no slave def- no i'm not going there no um but i will say about thomas one thing that's interesting uh they would go on to say that him and Egg were quote-unquote cut from the same cloth because <laughs> thomas uh Claim to have telepathic powers. Oh, shit. All right. Or, sorry, telekinetic, I suppose, because he could claim that he could move the table. Okay. That's, yeah. how, that's how he communicated some across all his lands back and forth. <laughs> Just sending out waves. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he, um, but he, he didn't use, he did call it a gift. Did you say telepathic or telekinetic? It's, I guess, telekinetic. I said telepathic. I think it's, I guess, telepathic, telepathic is, yeah, it'd be telekinetic. Sending, sending ideas could... to like kinetic is move, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he can move things. He can move objects. But he also had a, they said he had a way with um, the uh, dowsing rods. Oh, you know, okay. Where he's like, uh-huh. find, you find metal and stuff. Yeah. So they or said water, that, yeah. yeah, or yeah. water. Sorry. Yeah, well, water. Sorry, metal. Yeah, water. So he was, he could easily find sources of water, they said. Just, <laughs> okay. He was renowned for oh, it across man. the county. Well, I mean, they call, oh, they both call families it, loved him for it. They call him witching sticks for a reason. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, and they called it, what they actually called his gift was the gift of the second sight. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because he never talked about seeing other things or like tapping into parallel universes, but. No, he can move a chair two inches. <laughs> like, Holy mother of God. <laughs> he, um, he didn't want to use his gift of the second sight that often, though, because he thought that using it often would uh-huh. upset God. Yeah, that's why he didn't do it often. Yeah. Right, I get it. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't, you know, like he had a cane and he was like, watch this, little Edgar. <laughs> Started moving that right. chair around and Edgar's just mind was blown to pieces. No. But Edgar was aware of his grandfather being oh, a yeah. complete oh, yeah. hack. Yeah, later on... Um, his... Oh, so this is his grandfather, not his father. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. doesn't know that he, he thinks he had power. His father was a normie. He couldn't even move a chair half an inch. Oh, we'll get to Leslie. Oh, Don't Leslie. But first, I want to tell you about Leslie's uh, mother just real quick, because Thomas, uh, 
So Edgar's grandmother was Sarah Thomas, not which is strange because it's Thomas marrying Sarah Thomas. But Sarah Thomas, she's from Piney <laughs> Fork, Tennessee, oh. and she is a blood cousin. Oh, how can we like how close? Uh, it doesn't specify, okay. and the reason though it's specified on a lot of other things, and so I kind of I, I first first. But, and because uh, also they did say a lot of Casey's and Majors would just like flip flop around. Yeah, as you do. So um, just keep that in mind. Because there is like a cut off on the cousins where it's like not bad, but I think mm. first is still bad, right? Horrible. Okay. Bad. The rich people over here think they have to mimic aristocracy. RIP Prince Philip, by the way. Oh. He looked great <laughs> toward the end. I hope I look like him when I'm 99. <laughs> Is that how old he was? He was 99. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 99 um, years young. Well, I do got, want to let you guys know, though, that this wonderful couple, yeah. they spawned out uh, eight children. Which couple is this? Sorry. Sarah and uh, The Thomas. grandparents. Yes, the grandparents. <coughs> they had eight children, uh, seven sons and one daughter. You had uh, Edgar, not the Edgar we're talking Edgar about. Edgar OG. Well, yeah. Leslie was the second born, Edgar's mm. father. There's Ella, the one daughter. There's Clint, Matthew, Robert E. Lee. Mm. Lucian and Delbert. <laughs> Sorry to anyone named Delbert that's listening. I don't know. Delbert was probably the <laughs> Del- more palatable names. One. Yeah. <laughs> so let's now get into uh, Leslie a little bit. Leslie's full name is Leslie Burr Casey. Mm. A lot so, of historical names in this. And family. not the ones you really yeah, want to historical have. villains. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they nicknamed him, uh, his nickname for a while was Squire Casey. Nice. <laughs> so he, um, basically the only thing that he was similar with Thomas in is that they were both like racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of the only like overarching similarity there because Leslie, um, he was a spoiled rich kid, essentially. Like mm-hmm. he grew up getting whatever he wanted, never having to work a day in his life. Uh, he would just get drunk, go to parties, um, which, parties and you know he would actually now i will say he would go into hopkinsville he mm. wouldn't he didn't let beverly confine him no yeah you know he would go to the big <laughs> city hop down yeah he was a fail son so yeah. he also loved he, from an early age he was all about those uh get rich quick schemes nice. that's what his whole life mission he loved them it started out with the ponzi's <laughs> Leslie also rather enjoyed uh, the ladies, mm. um, and he went on to actually marry uh, Carrie Majors, so a Majors, Majors um, and he would cheat on her a lot, a lot. He would just disappear, and then they'd be like, where you been? Oh, in town. <laughs> and that basically just meant he was, you know. Okay. And um, when I say cheating, he was we had prostitutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. He's going into the saloons. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll give him a pass on that one then. Why? <laughs> Why? It's it's not like there's a commitment or anything. There is to his wife. He may have, no, I mean to the other women. He's spending money on them, but yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe so actually, he's, he's we didn't he's, really study sex addiction in that area. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> sure, but he didn't uh, have. He never had much wealth because he was a failure at everything, and he was spending what money he did have on, on prostitutes. Horse. Yeah, not his wife and kids. Oh yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So, um, they also said one thing about Leslie that was, like, well-known in the county was that they, you know, he was the kind of guy that they claimed to have, like, every bone in his body broken by the age of 21. 
He was constantly getting into coal. All 200 and however many bones (laughs) separately broke. Uh, (laughs) By the time he's 21. Do your teeth count as part of your bones? I don't think so. Okay, I was going to say, that'd be really weird to have it. Of course, they don't heal back, but every single bone, that means different parts of his skull. I'm just assuming he didn't have teeth, though. Uh, he. I'll have to find a picture for okay. you guys because there is a picture. There are pictures of Leslie, as, but as an old man, so you know it's kind of hard to judge. Not but, at his peak. No, not at his peak. Brawling peak Leslie. What's like a comparison size wise for Hopkinsville? Hopkinsville. Um, well, it's around this time though is um, it's not a major town, but it's it's actually comparable at that time to like Bowling Green, probably a little okay. smaller, a All little right. smaller. So probably in the top ten in Kentucky, maybe. Possibly. Well, top, the other, top 25, 30. I, I mean, the other one, I'm sure, was just a total... What, Beverly was probably... Beverly, Beverly yeah. oh, no. That's like a, just a community where they really right. have their they school... They had a post office and that's about it. You know? Yeah, right, their right, school right. is a single-room school. Okay. We're talking. Hopkinsville is definitely more significant than that, mm-hmm. for sure. But at this time, it is described as being like still kind of a frontier town in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's like, still a county seat, right? So it's, yeah. got, it's got more amenities okay. yeah. and whatnot. It, it, yeah. it is, but we're still talking... Uh, most of the roads are dusty roads with yeah. like sometimes you'll see chickens running around, wild dogs, right. uh, saloons on the corner, prostitutes hanging out windows. You know that vibe, my kind of place. Bowler hats galore. You know, <laughs> need more bowler hats. Um. Okay, so I do need to clarify though about Leslie, and um, he married Carrie Majors. Mm-hmm. Carrie was actually I'm not sure I should have looked into this a little further, but. Uh, Carrie was actually the person who would gain a huge chunk of the major's farm. She would actually she was inherit. the she was the inheritor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So keep that in mind when Leslie decided he wanted to actually marry someone because yeah. he was not the kind of guy who ever you know was He's ever marrying like, for the land and the money. And yeah. Whether he the, he actually so when he married Carrie they actually did end up with 166 acres. All right. Uh, which is significant. Yeah. Um, especially for, you know, we're talking early 20s guy who um, has just been spoiled his whole life. And hasn't mm-hmm. As would, of course, would go with Leslie in his entire life. Um, he tried several times to farm the land, never worked, and eventually they had to sell all the land that she inherited. And that's you know why there's not uh, seven miles of majors in Casey Farms. Because yeah. that's basically what happened with all of the Caseys and all of the majors. They just Family parceled it out over time. and you know, After mm-hmm. slavery was Ended. Well, they realized that because, yeah, they, they, they didn't have equipment yet, so they're like, shit. Well, you, you gotta work, look at it. They yeah. all kind of had, I mean, Leslie was like the worst of them, but they all had that kind of mentality where they were just, they were spoiled kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to do any of this actual business on their own. Having said that, Leslie had excuses. <laughs> okay. And Leslie's, um, ex- one of his primary excuses as to why he couldn't properly farm was because of his odd relationship with snakes. <laughs> Leslie claimed that snakes were just attracted to him. What? He claimed that if he set down a hat, a snake, he would put it on and there'd be a snake in his hat. <laughs> what the that fuck? seems unlikely, Leslie. Come on, man. <laughs> He claimed that if he just stood still in the farm, a snake would literally wrap itself around his ankle. And this would happen many times. And he would get disturbed by this. And he'd, so he would run from the farm back into town. Oh, so he's just scared just, of snakes. There's just a plethora of rubber hoses laying around. And he's like, Bah-! I think he's just scared of them and doesn't want to say he's scared. So I mean, he's, he's like, they def- just come at me at all times. 
he's definitely scared of them if any of that is true. Yeah. He's really just going into town and then really drunk and just probably ma- this yeah. is all probably some drunken claim that he's just like yeah. Yeah, snakes in the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one sounds like a bit of a reach. Yeah, because he was an alcoholic. Oh, completely. man, this guy really... Uh, and he was an angry and abusive drunk. He was reported to have uh, with his children from time to time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this, before Edgar Casey was born, um, this is really a sad moment in the Casey family. On December 24th, so Christmas Eve of 1875, so two years before Edgar Casey was born, Carrie gave birth to their first child, Layla. Unfortunately, Layla never uh, lived to see another birthday because she died that night. There's never been a clear uh, understanding of what happened, but what is known is that Leslie stormed out of the house in a complete drunken rage. I mean, put two and two together and just... Uh, I don't know. There, I mean, infant mortality was a it much different place. Then. It is high, but they do know... So, it, I mean, the way this all read and came across and the way that the family was kind of reported to have touched this subject is that they did know she was born. Uh-huh. And then and it was known that Leslie was abusive to Carrie. Uh-huh. So maybe. Yeah. yeah. He um was the kind of guy who said really he wanted Carrie to be like his servant really more than a partner. You know, he wanted her to. Old Tommy mindset about things. He made the rules of the house. Um, And despite the fact that, even though he's a spoiled rich kid, he had an eighth grade education. Mm -hmm. Carrie actually did go to college for a time. Wow. Okay. And yet she, you know, yeah. She has all the money. She's got all the education. She's got to kill snakes for him. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't really have the option to be like, I'm just going to go out on my own. She's probably stuck. It's an arranged marriage Mm -hmm. in... Air quotes, but not an actual arranged marriage. It's right. just kind of how it was. It's one that the whole Casey family certainly pushed for. Did yeah. they ever seem to have any affection for each other? Or um, is there any They had affection for their children. Okay. They both claimed so. to have affection, even though Leslie did hit them. Um, yeah, but I will say his later life, there aren't any reports of him being violent. So he did seem to Well, you get older and you calm point. down. It's just kind of um, everybody kind of gets yeah. So, uh, you know, there is that at least, but he did possibly kill his first child or be the cause of um, his and his brothers never liked him. They always said that he's selfish and self-centered and yeah, they didn't really want a lot to do with him. But he did find uh, some work that he kind of took to eventually. It was at the Beverly store and that's just what it was called. The Beverly store. By the way, the school is called the Beverly school. Wow. So they got a theme. Hey. <laughs> uh, and the Casey's um, because... You know, they could fail to farm the land. They moved to the behind the store. Uh, and so that's when he became Squire Casey because he was just, <laughs> I don't know. He, they said he was a, a, a reminder. No, yeah, everybody a else was calling himself Colonel, but he's like, okay, I can't go buy it. I'm too young. Was so, he yeah, like I'm Squire? <laughs> legit general store? Or yeah, was he like pimping store. on the side or well, anything shady? There wasn't anything listed as being shady except, I mean, I think it though was more of like a boys club. Kind uh-huh. of, kind of general store where you walk in and there's always going to yeah. be some guys drinking. Smoking. I go there every day for breakfast. Yeah, and it's just going to be a bunch of guys. Yeah, and um, I will say though too, you know, despite some of all of his many flaws, Edgar Casey himself did love his father. He loved his father's optimism particularly. Um, he said that Leslie would always say things that other people would quote, like 
almost like the, his version of Top of the Morning. It was so mundane and stupid. So he came up with a saying? Yeah, he Edgar Casey would claim that his father came up with like a saying that is still told today. But, oh my god. Yeah. What a delusional fucking idiot. And this I just found so funny, though. So back to 1877. Now, let's jump ahead. 1877, on March 18th, Edgar Casey is born. Little baby Casey. Uh, Leslie's first quote about his baby was, we, <laughs> <laughs> we thought he was an exceptionally fine baby. Healthy, <laughs> with large brown eyes, fat, rosy cheeks, and a remarkably cheerful face. Oh. Edgar Casey had blue eyes. Oh. Even from birth. <laughs> okay. Right. So, that's kind of where Leslie is. <laughs> Beautiful brown eyes. Okay, see, I I was forgetting the alcoholism for a second. I was like, yeah. Uh, So, Edgar, like I said, alluded to earlier, um, Edgar was very much a crybaby. He would cry incessantly. Mm -hmm. And um, so, even though Carrie was supposed to be, you know, she was the homemaker, and I don't want to come down on Carrie because of what she has to endure with Leslie, but she just handed him off to a former slave to be raised while he was in his crying face. So basically a nanny and then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Her name was Patsy, and she did take on the Casey last name. Um, she worked for Thomas Casey at the time after, you know, being freed, which happened quite often because, I mean, their prospects are zero to none. Yeah, they just, I mean, they're just, they're they go from slaves to just underpaid workers and then, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, certain, di- I mean, the, we're not going to get into s- the history of slavery of America, but it's, yeah, rough. The main thing that Patsy helped the Casey's with was a hormone imbalance that Edgar had. She was able to treat this, this hormone imbalance. Patsy uh, helped treat the hormone. Okay. Was- yes. Edgar's hormone imbalance. Edgar was born with something that they refer to as milk breasts. <sighs> what? Um, it would make little baby Edgar's breasts enlarged. And she would like stick a needle and drain his breast. What? And milk is would that come a out. thing? So it's like Doctor Pimple Popper, like way back in the day. And they said, "Oh man, <laughs> what the fuck, no. Edgar?" And this, and I will say this. I will say this now. Get ready for the most preposterous injuries of any <laughs> child you will ever well, see. Did this work? I, he claimed every time they would say that his he would just start smiling afterward and just beam. He would just be this <laughs> ray of sunshine after his getting his <laughs> That is milk. creepy. So he's a baby Albert Fish. <laughs> I've been milked. <laughs> but drained of it. He's yes, and with needles. <laughs> How, how old was he when he was getting this? A baby. I mean, like a newborn. And I guess like into just his earliest infancy. But All right. Let's skip ahead just a little bit because there's not much to say about Edgar as a baby. Yeah. But there is a strange a lot to say about Edgar as a toddler. So when Edgar was just three years old, he would have the first of his truly just strange, unfortunate incidents. On May 27th, 1880, he fell head first onto a board that had a nail sticking out of it. Uh-oh. The nail went into his skull. Ow! Oh my god. Are we talking like a little short tack nail, or is it like... We're talking 1880 nail in a board, so they didn't have... I mean, I mean, they were probably... <laughs> we're talk, probably talking a quite rusty nail. Rough square edge, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't specify what kind of nail, but it went straight into his skull. Jesus, okay. um, that means he's three at this point. He's three. Ugh. 
Wow. Leslie was there. Uh, so what happened was that Leslie um, was leaving home, and Edgar did, he just took to his dad. He took to really men in his life, very much so. Okay. Um, and he tried to follow him out, like, at three. So he was just, like, running out, and then they had, like, a, you know, step, and he just went straight off it, and for some reason they had a board just laying there with a nail stick on it. And Edgar just, boom, straight from the porch onto the board. Okay. And uh, Leslie turned around, screamed out, Got or immediately removed the nail from the head, and then poured turpentine into the wounds, straight uh, into the baby's uh, head. They bandaged it up, and good they to go. reported that. And of course, Edgar's not going to remember this, you know, later in life. Mm-hmm. But they reported that Edgar just went back to playing after wow. they bandaged it up after a nail in his skull. Well, tough kid. I do want to say because we are talking about a psychic. Quote unquote. There are other psychics even around this kind of time frame. There's one uh, by the name of Peter Herkos who claimed to have a very similar incident in his uh, early. So they get accidentally lobotomized and it makes them, gives them powers. That seems to be one theory of thought, yes. Accidental lobotomy. That helps. It doesn't harm. Okay. (laughs) Again, at three years old, Edgar decided uh, to go grab some fish. He was just wading around in the shallows of a pond, and he saw some fish that had washed up from, like, a, a rain, and they had been stranded on the shore of the pond. So Edgar's like, I'm going to help the fishes. Starts trying to chuck the fish into the pond. Well, he tripped and just started drowning. <laughs> oh, what? No. No. He it's fell head first straight into the pond and just and the holes in his head so it starts filling up with water and it's like his head's <laughs> yeah, getting heavier like and he can't get up. Day. So he's just like <laughs> he was rescued by a former slave, which again former slaves to the rescue for a little bit. Uh, Carrie Jesus. would go on to have five more children. Uh, they are Annie, Thomas, Ola, Mary, and Sarah, and um, they. After a while, this was even before all these children were born. Again, I'm not sure what Carrie's doing most of the days because she decided to hire some help for Edgar when he had, when he was a kid. Which I mean, I guess I do understand because he was like trying to kill himself. It seems <laughs> like <laughs> so. But she hired a 11 year old boy named Edward Casey. So just like a cousin. Okay, he's 11. <laughs> what to to watch him? To watch him. That seems like a bad idea. Oh, uh, I don't know what happened to Patsy. I'm not well, I mean, extra I mean that last. Whichever episode we had that had the kid that was like 11 going out and being a guide out in the middle of the Rockies. That's true. They did trust children a lot more. They did did trust children. They shouldn't trust Edgar's dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Edgar was also watched, though, I will say, at least he was watched at times by a man named Dr. Doolin. He would. Uh, that is just... way too close to Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> too close. Doctor Doolin would uh, often eat with the Casey's uh, because he was a next door neighbor at, um, behind the Beverly store, and uh, so he was just around the area a lot. Mm. And he would go on to give Edgar a nickname that stuck, which was just calling him Old Man. Because, but Edgar, he's still a small child at this. Because point. he's still a small child. He's got an old soul. But at this already at this point, he was described as being a grave, skinny, intense little boy, three years old and did, grave. Did you say intense How? or tense? Intense, intense. Okay. How do you even have that countenance as a toddler? Exactly. <laughs> it does not, not seem real to me. Well, I mean, he's, he's already almost died twice from, true. Yeah. from the accidental lobotomy and then, and then the to you. unintentional drowning. 
uh, Edgar, um, or you could just call him uh, Eddie at this time. I'll call, call him, him Old Man. Or Old Man. A lot of other people just throughout his life would just call him Casey. He was one of those kind of guys. Who, Even though there's a hundred Casey's running around, it's like, yeah. hey, Casey. And they're all like, what? <laughs> We're like, no, we meant the old man. Just... <laughs> yeah, the old man who's five. That's the one we meant. Hi. He uh, really seemed to, again, as I said, he enjoyed the company of men. Seemed to <laughs> the most. In uh, the sense of a child would, you know. And he watched, uh, he would... S- let watch it, it take let it, it out. Take that sentence back. <laughs> in the sense that a child would. <laughs> like, you're reading and me and Dalton just make eye contact. You're like... <laughs> Uh. Um, <laughs> man, fuck no. Jesus. Like as a child, he would often sit in the Beverly store with his father and all the other guys who were smoking, drinking, you know, just doing their thing. He would sit and watch them, and he would just watch them again. Mm. Grave, little, just intense. One of the boys. He was just, over in a corner. Yep, just watching them. He would play with toys some a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, he was mostly just. And that's even creepier because I'm just picturing him in a corner with a couple like old timey toys. But staring at the old man, but just playing absolutely. And again, just, uh, the weak chin and the big weak forehead. Chin, and, and he's the, thinking, why don't they have breasts? Because <laughs> of his milk breasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, um, though, other than staying in the Beverly store with the men, he or with the boys, he <laughs> liked to go out into the garden, which I totally understand. When I was a kid about this age, I would go and play in my grandma's garden all the time. It would be, you know, I was very imaginative kid. So I get this. What I don't get is that this is, um, he would start to begin a correspondence with the little folk. And this is when things get truly strange. And this is when his parents start to, uh, worry about. <clears throat> so he began a correspondence with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh, the little folk. I was like, what the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I was like, I should say that when I say little folk, mm. we aren't talking. Hervé Villachez. He plain. We are not talking like that. We're oh. not talking a literally small person. Okay. What we are talking about, as Casey would see them, are spirit entities. They would appear to him as boys and girls, but also smaller than him. They would be like full-size boys and girls, but smaller. You know, like a... Fairies yeah, and whatnot. Fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they would be similar age to his own. But the thing is, he would never see more than eight at a time. He'd always see, like, little groups, but they'd be little groups. Not uh, He never saw a big army. So it's like Iceland and the elves and whatnot. Of course, you don't ever see them. They're like the brownies over in Cornwall. But... I have no knowledge of that. Sorry, Celtic mythology, but yeah. Like, all every every branch of them have a small people. But if you're okay. seeing spirits, you don't see more than eight. That wouldn't make sense. Six or so is normal, but over eight, that doesn't even yeah, make any sense. I go with three. Yeah, three's a good number. <laughs> uh, these entities could be seen through, so they were... They're transparent. Yeah, they were translucent. Translucent, yes. yeah. And um, the only thing that bothered the young Casey about them, the only thing out of all of you know what's happening, the only thing that bothered him was the fact that when it rained, they didn't get... That's the only thing that he was like... Why? But they're translucent, <laughs> so they're basically holograms. So, yeah, they, nothing's going to... Yeah. Yeah. It, but he's not bothered by that. He's not bothered by the fact that there's, a like, eight little, you know, he just things coming at him. He just didn't put two and two together and re- realize, so, yeah. They're too dry! <laughs> yes. They're just projections from another realm. Interesting point. Typically, they would just play in the vegetable garden. 
And little Edgar loved telling his mother and father about this. And this is when they started getting worried. Because yeah. he was I don't see his dad being sympathetic to stuff like this. Anyone uh really that would listen to him, he would talk about this. And um How annoying. He was so talk- he's either sitting in a corner staring at an old man or telling them about fairies. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Leslie would keep him around. Seriously, it was said that Leslie loved prompting him to the other guys being like, hey, listen to this stuff. Yeah, but he thinks he's full of shit. Yeah, listen But he loved, he loved prodding his... But it's his good son. bar talk just yeah. to have yeah, you yeah, there. And... My God, boy, what are you going on about? He's talking to fairies. <laughs> uh, they really loved the parts when Edgar would say, he would explicitly say that they aren't from around these parts. That they, the fairies, the little folk would actually claim to be from like Persia. Or Egypt. So they're jinn. Ah, nice. But they speak English to him, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean... They got their universal translators on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, the only thing that made him upset, though, when it came to the little folk, was when anyone interrupted his play. <laughs> he would get feisty. He, he would like, get feisty or they would get feisty? He would get feisty because they would run away. When other people get involved. Oh, okay. I and get then, you. That always happens with spirits. Yeah. And he would cry. Yeah. And he'd pick that back up. Cry and cry and cry. Some I just more. want to introduce you to the spirits. They're really dry, but don't judge them based on that. <laughs> uh, Edgar, he got more and more cemented in his belief of the little folk as time wore on. Because, um, and this is one I have to say, parents, watch this kind of behavior. <laughs> because his mother humored him enough to the point where he thought that she could see them as well. Wow. And she would literally like point out the window and say, look, they're waiting for you to go play. And he would run out there. <laughs> he would get so excited when she would say that. And, he and that's just going to concrete that in his head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, I mean, he saw them for years as a child. Like his entire childhood, he was playing with the little bull in the garden. <laughs> All right. And... Later in life, he never gave up the little folk idea because later in life, he actually believed that the little folk that he talked to in his childhood would reincarnate themselves as actual people in his life in his latter years. Oh, my God. We're getting really crazy now. So, again, in 1880, due to so many customers just sitting around in the Beverly store not actually buying anything. So he's still only three. At this point, we're kind of, in the little folk lasts his entire childhood. Oh, so you're kind of bouncing back and forth. Kind of bouncing around. I thought this was, I was like, this is a long year. I mean, it is. He did almost drown and had turpentine poured in a hole in his skull. Yeah. But because no one's buying anything, they're all just hanging out. (laughs) Leslie decided to uproot his family one more time, and they moved to a house that was back on the Casey farm. This is two miles away from uh, Beverly. Okay. Leslie would ride into town, and Edgar, at this time now, would be watched by his grandpapa, Thomas. Oh, boy. And this is when they took to each other. Yep, the dream team. Yeah. Thomas, they said they were inseparable. Thomas loved his grandson, which I will give him credit for that, at least. He was a loving grandfather. If not full of nonsense, but he was loving. And uh, I mean, they were, you know, said like when Thomas would take a nap, Edgar would like just be laying there on his chest. You know, they would do Did everything. Did he believe together. in the little folk? Um, I didn't see anything about his. Yeah, but he did, you know, talk about his telekinetic powers. So mm. probably. He probably just wouldn't d- dismiss it yeah, out. So uh, I he, think he, he probably, was probably a one upper. Like he's yeah. like, you're seeing spirits. Fuck that. I can move a chair. <laughs> 
<laughs> you ain't in the big leagues, kid. <laughs> yeah. I should say about Thomas that uh, uh, other family members did say that he had some kind of gift. It wasn't just him. Mm. Oh, okay. There were other. Well, it must be members, true then. But it was mostly like it, it was his, you know, wife, and then also like his kids, which he was probably messing with since birth. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, take that for what it is. Thomas uh, really, really loved, you know, hanging out with little, like, getting to know the little old man. Old man. And uh, Edgar, you know, loved it just as much too. And their favorite place to hang out was a barn where they would cure tobacco. Unfortunately, this happy little situation didn't last very long. In June 8, 1881, Tom and Edgar were riding along, which, by the way, uh, Thomas was letting Edgar ride by himself on a horse at four years old. Jeez, babe. Yeah. Um, they stopped at a pond to water their horses. Okay. Thomas, his horse uh, got spooked by something while it was like wading into the water. It mm-hmm. soon to be like a water moxa. And uh, it took off through like the pond with Thomas on the saddle. Thomas got thrown off the saddle eventually. The horse stamped on Thomas's chest. Thomas died either of drowning or a chest cavity. Not sure. Well, yeah, I mean, no. shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're kind of, yeah, you're yeah. kind of fucked either way. Isn't it? Yeah. And the whole time, Edgar was sitting there horrified watching. Yeah. At four years old, watching his favorite person get trampled and drowned to death. However, Edgar reacted strangely well. <laughs> okay. Even despite what I just laid out, he, everyone in the family was so worried about the little man. They all thought that he was, you know, going to go into and probably a crying fit that might last the rest of the year. No. You know what? Who cares? And he didn't do that. Okay. He cared. All right. But he wasn't that upset because he was still talking to his grandpa. Oh. Oh. He's he was... talking to him in his kingdom of shadows. <laughs> I, I'm just picturing Obi Wan coming back. And oh, like the little the, the little blue ghost thing the, is kind of yeah, been force ghost. Yeah. Oh no! Give me Anakin up in the sky. You know they put in Anakin. Anakin instead of Yeah, yeah. What a yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah, I kind of think that, but uh, they were doing this in the uh, barn where they love to spend time together. In the barn where they cure tobacco. Edgar claimed that he could see him through, like, the light in the rafters that would come through. And he would be sitting, like, up on a rafter, his spectral being. Okay. Uh, and Edgar, uh, he, he, was, he didn't tell anybody about this for a while. He was actually caught just having a full conversation. Oh. He was just sitting in the tobacco barn, just talking profusely. That's awkward. He was caught by his Aunt Lulu, and she uh, she grabbed him and was like, what's happening to you? <laughs> um, he told her everything. He was very open about it after that. He was like, oh, yeah, I've been talking to Gramps. He's just up there. <laughs> I mean, that shouldn't be that big of a surprise with this kid. I mean, true. I mean he's still young and has an imagination. So you and he's talking to little people. But a like... lot of the little folk stuff is just being dismissed as childhood imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his family didn't like it. And Lulu, Aunt Lulu, would actually tell Leslie and Carrie that he's got the devil in him. That was a direct quote. To so they're all reaction. right. With, they're all right with Grandpa and his powers or his gift or whatever they the say. Gift. And then they dismiss the little people. But this is what okay. <laughs> it's I all did. over the place. Their reactions are very inconsistent. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna be all right with something, just be all right with all of it. And just go with it and be done. Yeah, I have a theory about that. Especially around this time frame, we're talking a lot of people. Oh, eighteen eighties! It's revival time, to, ain't it? A reference to death. They this or is just, still a time. Or is this, great awakening? Or is this American spiritualism? I can't remember when, what era this is at. 
I mean, this is 1881. Is the Blavat, he's, Thank you. Um, she was over here about this time, right? And yeah. Then, so yeah. Which uh, Blavatsky is a good person to talk about here because she did kind of, to a lot of people's minds, she laid the foundation to what Edgar would then build upon. Uh, mm. If you don't know anything about Blavatsky, just look her up. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day we we might talk about her, but she's a little international for us right now. Yeah. So we're hanging with Edgar. Hanging with it. Hanging with the old man. Here's, Even though he's still four years old at this point. Ed. So my yeah. theory, though, on the the that kind of being there breaking some of the families. Because Leslie and Carrie actually didn't. They still weren't very concerned. Okay. Even after the aunt. It's Lulu. Family, yeah, it's Aunt Lulu and some of the other family members okay. that started to have concerns. I, all I know, I haven't heard from Aunt Lulu before this. So she can put her opinion in her pocket for all I care. I mean. She hasn't even, she's, her character's not established and she just comes in. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. That's true. She did just kind of burst onto the scene. Literally the first time I've heard her name. Yeah. She did just chill out. But I, I think it is because there's a certain level of respect placed on dead. And I think also the communication with the dead is. A very taboo. It's type creepy. Of thing. Yes, it's fucking weird. Yes, yeah. but it, this go, is, it takes this, it beyond. But this is a, the same time period where people are trying to talk to Civil War ghosts and stuff. True, but you also have to remember she actually walked into the barn with him having a full conversation. No one else saw that. She's the only mm-hmm. person to actually see what he was doing. Okay, so she was disturbed enough by that to say he's got the. Devil. He was. He was just having a one side. He wasn't speaking as Miriam. Mean, he was. No, just, he was. Uh, no, he was talking and he was like waiting for a. Oh, then you hear a pause and, and then he'd only yes. hear the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Edgar was then spend the rest of his kind of early years like this, still in the same kind of manner. Although he did find another friend to hang out with after his grandpa passed away. Nice. This uh, was a little girl. Her name was Little Hallie. Uh, they actually called her Little Anna, though. They called her Old Woman. <laughs> well, they took to each other for some reason. The Just, old man and the hag. And hey. She actually, um, Edgar claimed that she would play with him and the little folk. She saw them and would play right there. And not only did she see them, their their uh, population increased around her. She, yeah. they, their did they go to 16? They can get over eight. Yeah. They're, they're going in intervals or... Which calls it eight, so it's yeah. eight, and it'll be sixteen, I mean, no, and there's thirty-two have, of them, and then eight, sometimes eight, you have just one, sometimes two, sometimes. Okay. I think five, she just six. acted like she could see the little ones, so she could get a little closer to those milkies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> that that problem was solved. He's no, just got a bunch of needle scars I don't all over him. <laughs> You know, there wasn't any indication that he continued to have milk breasts the rest of his life, but there also wasn't any that he exactly got totally rid of exactly. The little folk did actually show the the kids. A, they went on a little adventure. They actually rode out. Again, they're like five. They rode out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was on a horse at four, so five. He's yeah, an expert by now. True. They um. Well, I, well, I said rode, but when I say rode, I meant in a boat. Oh, you mean rode? They rode out, rode out in a to boat. Okay. a uh, little island on a river, and oh, on this little island, they saw so many little folk on this island. They they were just mesmerized, and the little folk though were not alone. The little folk showed an even littler folk. Wow! And these spiritual <laughs> entities didn't like to be played with. <laughs> yes, his whole like mythology it. going on. He would call the them hell? the sprites. That's what he called them. Oh. They didn't like it. They tolerated Edgar <laughs> and uh, little Anna. 
he, they tolerated them, but did not like them. And they then eventually went away because they were like, we've had enough time with you humans. You guys are always meddling in our affairs. Oh, so the sprites <laughs> went away. Yeah, the sprites are oh, like, okay. no. And the little folks are like, oh, <laughs> disregard them. Sorry, guys. I thought you, they'd like you. You know. <laughs> so, unfortunately, once again, the happy times didn't last for that long. As uh, Leslie moved the family a third time and actually would then move them two other times in the course of eight months. Wow. All around this area until finally he tried to uh, become. So all this time he's been moving, he's not been moving anywhere. He's just moving no, within just fucking Hopkinsville. Yeah, okay. Not even in Hopkinsville, just around Beverly. Well, just pick a spot, dude. Come on. Well, he keeps getting like kicked out of the spots. Jeez. And uh, he decided, though, he's going to don that Squire Casey cap one more time. Don he's it. going back to the Beverly store. Guess who's back? Squire's back. He failed again. Oh. <laughs> and they eventually found themselves right back, after all this, right back in the old Casey homestead. Of course. The prodigal fail son. They then, though, did decide they were going to build a little cabin on the back of the property. Classic fail son move. I want to get a place on your property. <laughs> yeah, it's a good move. At the age of six, so 1883, little old man Edgar Casey began attending the Beverly School. Which, as I said earlier, is a one single room school. Mm-hmm. It's the way education was <laughs> meant to be. How old was he here? Six. Six, okay. So he's hidden puberty in Ooh. those days. In those days, he grew up quicker. Just like the 1950s comment mm. you made a, a while before, back. Before they started the putting chemicals in our food and water, mm. we grew up faster. The chemicals no. exactly. slowed us down. He's already hidden puberty. He's got no. hair on his nuts. I'm just, we're just fucking with you, dude. You made t- milk in his titties. He's no. ready to go. <laughs> Edgar would uh, struggle to find his footing in school. Despite his intense little nature, um, Edgar quickly... Developed a negative reputation in school. Despite his intensity? <laughs> has a little sarcasm. Oh. <laughs> I will say, despite, in all honesty, despite his intensity, he was often caught daydreaming. Mm-hmm. So he's intense. Daydreaming but... or talking to sprites? No, oh. the sprites don't like him. So Sorry, he's talking, he's talking, talking to, to little, little folk. folk. There's a difference. Yeah, Get it right. I know. The sprites Sorry. are the little folk of the little folk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the following year... From this. So, I mean, really, that, nothing like huge happened in his first year of school, just that he started to slowly develop the reputation as the weird kid. Mm-hmm. You know? In a one room schoolhouse. The weird yeah. kid is another of his <laughs> He's many He's the kid nicknames. that sits by himself at lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't even do that. <laughs> like, but he like does. he invented the freaking cliche. <laughs> the uh, following year, Beverly uh, School upgraded to the Beverly Academy. Oh, that's okay. right. They got a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They like merged, I think, with another local community, like a little tiny school, and became the Beverly Academy. Got a new building. Yeah. It's still. We both have you know, five students. Why don't we come together and have 10? A large portion of the student base of Beverly Academy were Casey's and Majors. Yeah, no, no kidding. Passing love notes must have been a little weird. No. Not for them. (laughs) Turned them on. Edgar, like his father, would often find himself in fight after fight after fight as a child at the Beverly Academy. Unlike his father, he would get beat up. And (laughs) he would... Well, you've already said he's little with a big head, so it's like a target. (laughs) Just like... He's like one of them, one of them punching bags, the literally tiny punching bags that wobble back and forth real fast. Speed bagging. Just... (laughs) (laughs) He um, would have to be rescued by his 
fellow Casey and Major's cousin, oh, the cousins of his. That's embarrassing. They would constantly have to rescue him. <laughs> Wait, the class is full of Casey's and Majors, but the Casey's and Majors, sorry, are the Casey's saving him from the Majors? It's not all no, of them, though. No, yeah, they're, it's not all Casey's and Majors. They're they're just, they're, they're so just, basically everyone who's not a Casey and Major picked on him. Oh, and the okay. Casey's and Majors were like, I know he's weird, him, but <laughs> he's our cousin. Yeah. Because he's related to both families. Because mm-hmm. okay. his mother is a major. He's Got a it. black sheep of two families. <laughs> yes, he really is. Nice, okay. It was around this time, um, so uh, probably at the age of seven, that Edgar Casey talked to Crazy Bill. Oh, God. Crazy Bill, not a lot of information is known about Crazy Bill, except that he's a, a <laughs> former... He is crazy. <laughs> well, claimed to be. He's a former slave who was a woodcutter. And so at this time, he's just kind of a wandering woodcutter. Like this a lumberjack just... or like he woodworked? Like, uh, probably both. Okay. This is turning into Song of the South now. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's really... Well, let's take it a step further. Uh, Crazy Bill, the thing that makes him notable in the Edgar Casey story is that Crazy Bill is the first person to introduce Edgar Casey fully to the Bible. Oh, okay. And he's six now. Seven. Seven. Even though, yeah, even though his father said he didn't want to anger God, they still, the Casey family... The Casey family were sometime Christians. Wait, I thought that was his grandfather. That yes, his gra- sorry, his grandfather. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. For okay. Writing. Yeah. They his are, father didn't care about it. No, his father <laughs> couldn't care less. Okay, okay. He, he was just a lush. And, yeah. yeah, okay. Yes. It, it, it was nothing to him. His grandfather was a, quote unquote, God-fearing man, but not a church goer. None of them were He's like... He's not a devout. biblical scholar. Yeah. And so... The particular story that Edgar heard from Crazy Bill and what enamored him and made him demand to know more about the Bible is the story of Samson. Okay. Anyone can relate, maybe? <laughs> Samson? Um, no. Once. <laughs> Long hair, yeah. source of power. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I don't see how Edgar relates to Samson is my point. Um, something about it really captured the old man, the little old man. Something about this story really just... Got him going. And he went home and just began constantly pestering his parents saying, give me a Bible, give me a Bible, give me a Bible, give me a Bible. Sounds like you're saying give me a bottle. So I'm just picturing him back as a baby. Bottle. I mean. But you're saying give me a Bible. (laughs) He's he's asking for a Bible, but he is also kind of a big baby. Is he also growing his hair out? <laughs> no, I, okay. at least I don't think so. I, he never his hair's short. That's that's his excuse for why he's so weak. Is because it's no, that that works. Okay. So he leaves it as short so he can compare himself to Samson. After Samson, didn't Samson get blinded at some point, or am I thinking something else? You know, it's been a long time since I've read the Samson. I, story. Yeah, I was. Gonna, it's it's yeah. in the past, but yeah. still, it's but like his dad's Achilles heel was snakes. His is having a crew cut. <laughs> <laughs> he, Edgar is always a clean-cut man and boy. <laughs> always. Yeah. But in 1886, they uh, the Casey's officially became church members, and they attended the Beverly Church. Leslie bought Edgar's first Bible in 1887. He bought it from a bookstore called um, and uh, Hopper Brothers in Hopkinsville. One of his many. I just imagine that he immediately woke up from a bed in a saloon with a woman, and then was like, "I gotta get a Bible for my son. I gotta get out of here." And uh, <laughs> after this point, Edgar Casey was basically, if you have an image of Edgar Casey, like someone else has an image of him, he has a Bible with him. Okay. All basically, right. after this point, and throughout his entire life, he always has a Bible, either near, close at hand. You know, mm-hmm. he, can, he can get to it within reach. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's good timing for him, I gotta say, to get taken with reading so much. Because uh, in 1888, at 11, this is probably the worst of his odd incidents of his childhood, okay? Casey tripped. Oh no. He fell onto the sharp end of a stick. The stick went directly into one of his balls. No! Wait, no! You, no! You, no! No! This hits me really close to home, actually. It's, it's old. Oh it's my god! No, that's all right. Business. We won't get into that. How do you trip? How do you trip onto a stick onto your balls? Like, I'm, I'm, if you trip, I always figure Dude, it's like I, a torso on upper because you're falling into something. I don't yeah. know. Like, do that's you trip true. and fall? Do, do you well, like I fall down? Maybe. Or was the stick at an angle so he fell? It wasn't in the same one he tripped on. Maybe right? Yeah, he probably tripped and then there was a stick sticking out yeah. at an angle yeah. and he fell kind of just awkwardly yeah. onto it. It uh, went. Extra through his pants into his testicles. Into his testicles. I mean, it ripped in testicle. Testicle. It got one cool. in particular. Yeah. Testicle. It that can be there. the episode title. <laughs> testicle. Testicle. <laughs> Radical man. That's a very nineties thing. Yeah. This injury led to an infection in his groin. Oh, fuck off. He would be bedridden for the better part of a year for this. <sighs> yeah, because you can't move with that. Because anytime you try to walk, you're just basically waddling with your legs wide out. He's waddling. Yeah. Waddling Ed. Edgar spent the majority of a year in bed. And this gave him the chance to fully really delve into the Bible. He read it front and back. Three times. And he particularly loved the stories of the Old Testament that were the most fantastical stories like Samson. Okay. You know, the really one the ones that you look at and just it's really hard to believe when you take it literally. Those are the ones he loves. Which I mean, yeah, I guess as a kid who Well they're has, the most entertaining. Yeah. They're the, le- the less philosophical, the more good entertaining. Shit. Yeah. Until you learn get, get up in the revelations and then you get a whole other can of worms. And... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he probably liked that. Although you may have scared him. Yeah. Emily Casey, Patsy's daughter. Patsy Casey's a former slave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That lanced his uh, milk breast. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. So, Emily Casey was the only person that was, uh, that claimed to be able to actually cure little old man and his balls. What? How old is she? Um, it doesn't give an age, but yeah, not that old. The doctors all came through and like, it's an infection. You just got to lay with it and just, you know, let it heal. Like, there's not a lot we can do. Mm-hmm. She said, nah, I got something for you. She made him an elixir that was made of spider webs that Edgar then took and said that he started feeling better from the <laughs> moment after, you know, after that he was on the mend. So she dissolved spider webs into something. Yeah, there's also other things in it, but this is just... This is the first instance of Edgar Casey being exposed to this sort of thing on record. Okay. Keep in mind this sort of thing. The making of potions. Okay. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Okay. Edgar got out of bed with a lot of gusto, like the old man in Willy Wonka. He popped yeah. out of bed, and he's raring to go now. Song and dance. And he started actually teaching a Sunday school class right. at... Sorry, I called it the Beverly Church. I'm sorry. It's the Liberty Church. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Because of all his copious, you know, Bible knowledge from his year in being in bed, mm-hmm. the church also, and this is, I really wish there was more information about this detail, but they claim that he was made a deacon. 
Wow. He's 11. They were really... That's like an elder position. Yeah. Yes. They were very impressed by him. But here's the thing, though. He was so pestering with his Bible knowledge that he kept coming to people. He would go straight to the preacher and would start preaching to him. <laughs> so maybe that's why they made him a deacon. Just be like... I think so. I think it was like a... You know, like when they give a kid like a little badge, like, you're a sheriff now. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it was one of those kind of things. Yeah. It got so bad, though, his pestering... After he's made a deacon, especially, it got worse. I think. They, well, then you just gave him authority. Yeah, or a presumed authority. Yeah, it's just this is kind of just his entire childhood. He does something weird, and they they placate him to the point where it cements his belief in himself. So basically, now 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 the only thing that seems reasonable is the woman that was just like, "No, it's the devil when he's talking to his grandpa." Right, Aunt Lulu seems now the most righteous. <laughs> yeah, it's like looking back as much as we fussed about it at the time. It's like now we're like, um, <laughs> he uh, it got so bad. That one of the actual church elders totally changed it. He went out of his way to change his route to get to church because his route, his normal route would intersect with Casey's normal route. And Edgar Casey wow. would badger him on his interpretation of the Bible. How fucking annoying can you be? And like 11 or 12 God, years old. Damn. Yeah. And this is where Edgar Casey, with like an absolute belief, he started telling people that he thought he just couldn't figure out how God just didn't talk to some people. And he didn't figure out how that they can kind of claim Christianhood for that. He was having a tough time. He couldn't figure out how, well, if you haven't heard God, then why are you here kind of thing. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's bizarre. Honestly, it's... it's He's a, saying... He said, if people? you don't have a the most like intimate thing that I mean, a lot of Christians, you know, will say that they have heard God in some form or another. He claims that without that, what are you doing here? And it's so strange, it's such a weird and way. Like, child, we're here to get that. But exactly. are there that many Christians that say they don't have that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's plenty of people who never have that. They take it on faith and never have that kind of like tangible like experience. I see. Even if it's just metaphorical, it's yeah. just like yeah. I see. They. But he doesn't, he's like, no, you have to have Get that the fuck out! He says, all the posers, yeah, get out of here. He's that kind of kid at this point. He's like, oh, you think you know God? Have you ever talked to him? <laughs> he's a very confident little scamp. Oh, he sure is. <laughs> Look here, preacher. You don't know shit. By the way, I have a voice for him that... Um, I was getting ready to ask, he lived long enough. Are there recordings of him There's speaking? one. Surviving wow. audio recording huh. of him speaking. One, and he was old. He was like in his. You're gonna have to show it to us like later at some point. Yeah. But there are um, you could his uh, son, one of his sons later on. You know, obviously, he, he has a son. Spoiler alert. Uh, one of his sons lived uh, to where he was in a documentary about Edgar Casey that was made like in the 2000s. Jeez, mm. Pete. I mean, um, that fellow was old then. Also, there was a Casey relative <laughs> yeah. that also claimed to like know all the story. Like he was mm. old. It's like a cousin. Who claims to know all the stories and all the stuff and you know. Yeah. So he remembers old man Edgar, you know, so but yeah, if from here on out I'll read any um sort of quotes from him with this I'll try to get it accurate. But in eighteen eighty nine, Edgar's request to have this tangible experience, you know, of God. Oh, he didn't have that yet himself. He hadn't had it yet. But he well, was like he was he? talking to the old elders, saying, oh, Why are okay. you you know, what's wrong with you? I gotcha. Because he's like he hadn't had it yet. Because he's like I'm just a kid. I'll have it. Oh, okay. That's how he's rationalizing. I see. What an asshole. (laughs) Really, really. In his mind, though, his full request was answered as uh, he claimed in the middle of the night a strong light shone underneath his bedroom door. 
He went out the door, looked around, saw nothing. He went back to his room, laid back down, and the light shone again, but this time the door slowly opened. The light beaming through the doorway, and a figure emerged through the light. And this is pre-electrical, electric, yeah, no, even if the electricity was around, it's not going to be... 1889, I mean, there's definitely electricity it's around. Not, it's probably not in Christian County yet. Um, It, it would be in Christian, it would be in Hopkinsville, oh, okay, for okay, sure, okay, but okay. I'm not sure about... It's not going to be out at the, their cabin in the back of their... Yes. Yeah. He claimed it to be gloriously bright. And the figure then said to the little old man, Thy prayers are heard. You will have your wish. Remain faithful. Be true to yourself. Help the sick, the afflicted. Edgar ran outside after this in the middle of the night to, he had a favorite tree that he would sit in and probably talk to the little folk. <laughs> he ran to it. Yeah, I like that tree. There's no sprites there. <laughs> he, he ran to it, fell asleep, praying. He prayed until he fell asleep, and then he woke up in the morning with like a, reported to have a squirrel laying like on his chest. <laughs> Why right. would that be reported? Uh, it, by him, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, he knew he had special nuts. Uh, <laughs> Edgar didn't tell anybody about the angel. He didn't tell anybody about it, period, Weird. for at least I feel years. like he would have been bragging about it. No, he actually kept it to himself. That's hmm. that, That's what makes you think yeah. he actually thought it was real as he wasn't going around bragging about right. it. Right. But he was kind of, I'm sure he was saying, I had an experience. I can tell you about Don't it. Don't ask okay. me to it's tell personal. you. Yeah. It's personal, but I had it. Now he's going to get more of his vindictive with the whole, you ain't had one, why are you here yeah, he yet? It's even more annoying. Uh, yeah, okay. So, and in 1890, he kept the strangeness going. Edgar, um, actually later in life, would call himself just up backwards when it came to schooling. That's Probably he, a fair assessment. I just have to say, though, even with himself calling himself backward, which is odd in of itself... <laughs> Um, this part's just weird. It's just odd. I don't really know how to explain this one, except that he just would go through. I honest to goodness believe that Edgar Casey would have, throughout his entire life, just bouts of extreme immaturity. One day in school, his teacher, who was actually his uncle Lucian, Leslie's brother, asked him to spell the word cabin. Edgar was unable to spell the word cabin. Edgar, the same boy who was made a deacon... <laughs> at the church for reading the Bible so many times, couldn't spell the word cabin. Well, the Bible doesn't have that word. Again, he's like 12 at this point, too. If you ask him to spell Deuteronomy, no problem. <laughs> cabin. <laughs> yeah, Methuselah, <laughs> he's going with. but hmm. So Lucian got really mad. Because Lucian also, he knew his whole upbringing. He knew everything about Edgar. That's his uncle. Yeah, And he got really mad, and he said, you're going to stay in here, you're going to write the word cabin 500 times on the chalkboard. What? And everybody else left school. Even Lucian left. That seems a little, a little excessive. To Lucian me. went directly to Leslie and said, your son is back at the school. I told him to write the word cabin 500 Did times. Did he tell him how to spell it first? Yeah. Okay. He left, <laughs> him, with a, he left him with a little uh, spelling book. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> that would have been even worse if it's 500 it times. <laughs> <laughs> Do it until you get it correctly. And he just keeps like doing every possible <laughs> thing. He's like writing it in different languages. Being like, oh, no, Eventually no. the B's in the first letter. And then he just, it's all sorts of crazy. Yeah. When uh, Edgar got home, Leslie was in a rage over this. For some reason, this really set him off. I don't know why anyone is that pissed about because this. Because they know that he's full of it. They know that he knows how to spell the word. He's just literally acting like, I can't. <laughs> but they all know he can. 
Oh, so he's doing this for attention. Okay. Possibly. I mean, he claims no, but everyone else says yes. So Leslie takes out the old spelling book that he's got at home and starts grilling Edgar. First with cabin. He couldn't spell mm-hmm. that. Then with word after word that Edgar just claimed he couldn't spell. He should be able to spell cabin now because he just wrote it 500 times. He still yeah. couldn't spell it. Edgar, well, Edgar got slapped. Oh. Leslie straight up backhanded him and Edgar fell to the floor. He was sitting at a table on a, you know, at, at the table. Fell to the floor. Did he fall on another nail? <laughs> no. He didn't have that bad of a go with this one. Okay. But it was around 11 p.m. now that Edgar is laying there just flattened by Leslie. And then Edgar says, Pa, will you please just give me a break? Let me get up, rest my head for a <laughs> moment, and I'll, I'll, I'll do better next time, I promise, Pa. <laughs> and Leslie... Angrily just stormed out of the room and said, do whatever you want. Just got out of there for a moment. He needed to break himself or he was going to hammerjack this kid. So Edgar laid his head down on his book, fell asleep for a moment, just for a few minutes. Leslie came back in, woke him up and said, you got to go again. Come on, let's keep it going. Edgar then recited the entire spelling book completely correctly with no failures. Uh, He just needed a break. Edgar would then claim for the rest of his life, his children would claim, cousins would claim, that believed it, that he could rest his head upon a book and learn its entire contents. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Um, hmm. And puts a whole idea or a different idea about in one ear and out the other type of deal. In one ear and it gets lost in his head somewhere. <laughs> My only like theory on this is that Edgar actually does have one like gift and that's how he has a photographic memory. Oh, okay. I get you. There. That's my guess. Because there are some things yeah. about his story that don't make a lot of sense as to, as far as like knowing, you know, certain things. But it does make sense if he has a photographic memory. Because mm-hmm. he could look at a book one time and give him a moment and he'll be able to collect his thoughts and basically read back to you what it was in it. Okay. From that day on, though, Edgar excelled in school. No longer was he backwards. At the age of 14... He was forwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the age of 14, Edgar progressed from third grade to sixth. What? Yep. He was in third grade at 14. At the beginning of 14, he was in third grade. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, he had some catching up to do. And, he's, and I love, though, every source I had said that he just, like, really just excelled in school so he progressed to sixth grade yeah at 14 you're beyond sixth grade yeah it? freshman <laughs> that is freshman but i mean of course this time the schooling's very radically different than yeah they now. do say that about though like education once you get past the cabin hurdle like it all opens <laughs> up once you can read cabin you yeah. can do anything mm-hmm. leslie i don't know if he was hook line and sinker or if he was just trying to use Edgar from here on out in some form or fashion. What do you mean? Leslie started parading the little old man around town being like, my kid can read things from just laying his head on a book. Uh, he couldn't even um, read one fucking word a minute ago. And now he's like, got the big dick. Yep. Leslie literally parading him around. Just being like, talking to everyone. Look, look at what my kid can He can, can read cabin. It got so far. Now, Leslie had a childhood friend. Again, Leslie was a... Hold on a second. I just yeah. thought of something. Uncle Tom's cabin. So his family were all slave owners, right? Yeah. Do you think his refusal to say the word cabin is some kind of subconscious protest against the anti-slavery movement? Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's nice. That's a good analysis. <laughs> yeah. Because so much about Edgar Casey is about the subconscious. There you go. 
That's very... Um, I think he knows what he... Because he's smarter than that. You didn't think he really couldn't spell the word cabin. Of course, there is no indication that he does even know what Uncle Tom's Harriet is. Beecher Stowe was a huge celebrity but, yeah, around that time. You, you are correct. As far as I know, at least. Um, I'm not sure the exact dates on that, but yeah. So, let's get into just a, kind of just a weird little story about Leslie and Edgar. So, Leslie um, got his childhood friends. Again, he was a spoiled rich kid, you know. And his childhood friend was now a congressman. Of course. Whose name was Jim McKenzie. J. Mack. J. Mack was in town. Um, he was in Hawkinsville. And, okay. uh, Leslie, He's like Todd Packer showing up. <laughs> <laughs> he just right, bursts onto the scene. Hey! <laughs> He's, uh, au- he is automatically taking Leslie out for drinks. Though. Of course so, he is. And, uh, but Le- Leslie takes Edgar with him oh, to Hawkinsville God. at the age of 14 for drinks with the Congress. Okay, 14. All right. He is 14, which... Right. Also, he begins smoking at age of 14 and never stops. It's not that unusual. Leslie, though, brought Edgar for the express purpose to show him off to the then congressman, (laughs) J-Mac. This boy's going to be in there with you one day. So he went from just sitting around watching old men drink to being their entertainment. Well, he was always always, entertained. Yeah, yeah, because he was telling about the little folks. Tell him about the sprites. He's always been Leslie's source of entertainment. So the test was, McKenzie actually was like, okay, I'll entertain this test. McKenzie was going to give a speech. This speech was like a hundred pages long. And he was going to say it though. This is what he was about to say once he got back to DC. So this is a Congress speech. He's going to give. And he gives the speech he to Leslie. the filibuster before the filibuster didn't come around. <laughs> he was a real Rand Paul of his day. <laughs> He gave uh, Leslie the speech and said, Edgar can't touch it, can't put it up against his head, can't do anything with the speech. But what he can do is have Leslie read him the speech. And then in a couple days, Edgar is going to recite the speech. But I thought the whole thing was that he can yeah, rest his head on it. I know. This is an odd test that really <laughs> it is doesn't test. really fit into No, they never claimed that was his right, power. exactly. So this one kind of really just comes out of nowhere. Leslie read the speech to Edgar before he fell asleep that night, and then he read it again to him the following morning. On the third day, he would recite the entire 110-page speech to the entire school, which is one room, and parents, <laughs> and... The parents included two future mayors of Hawkinsville. Why did they make the other students sit through this bullshit? Because they wanted to... He's going to get his ass kicked. (laughs) Good Lord. You made us sit through 110 (laughs) pages. More weird things kept happening to Edgar Casey after this. One day in school. How'd the speech go? Oh, the speech went great. He nailed it. it. No, he nailed nailed it. it. Yeah, he did. He Mm. nailed it. Okay. Congressman was there. Watching. His dad did the slow clap. Damn it, he did it. His yeah. dad was very, yeah. very impressed by Edgar. This, I would be. Yeah. I mean, this is if actually I'd be more impressed if he rest his head on it and then did it. But you Right. Know. But again, this kind of like, I guess, not only photographic memory, but possibly just auditory. He can remember what he hears mm-hmm. incredibly well as well. I think subconsciously he just packs away information mm-hmm. that he doesn't even realize he does. The next strange tale, because his life is basically just one strange event to the next. It's again in school. At the suggestion of his favorite teacher that he would have, his name is Bernardino Emilio Tom. Don't know who he is, really. It's <laughs> just that he's Edgar's favorite teacher he ever had. Okay. But he actually shared with Bernardino a lot of his like weirder things, like the little folk and some of these things. <laughs> and Bernardino, again, was one of these people who wanted to be nice to the strange kid. 
and maybe humored him just a tad too much. Although, he did want Edgar to expand his horizons a bit. And he told Edgar, be normal and play some baseball with other kids. (laughs) Have some sort of physical activity of some kind. Mm -hmm. You can still talk to the little folk, but maybe a game of four square could do you good. (laughs) Yes, four square. (laughs) As Edgar's playing baseball... He was struck in the back by the baseball. Of course. Baseball. Of course. It hit him right on directly on the spine. Ow. And he just laid flat out on the dirt. Oh, <laughs> Fast boater punk. <laughs> and now there are some differing accounts as to what happened next. But the account that can be mo- that is most believable is from his sister. His sister Annie uh, was at the schoolyard with him. She witnessed the claims I witnessed the whole thing. And also Annie, she thought he was bizarre. She sometimes he scared her sometimes. <laughs> like she was yeah. not she was not about all of his strangeness. She okay. was like, no, keep me out of this. She claimed that when he got hit, he fell down, but then got up, dusted himself off, and kind of just went about he was like, Oh, that hurt, and then just went about his his day. Yeah. Fast forward to when he was in the classroom. He started just being a total menace. He started making rude remarks to his favorite teacher. Oh. Started interrupting the class. Started making rude remarks and gestures to other students. And when school was over, he took it even further. He started, well, this is an odd little detail. I don't know why they had to bring this uh, into it. He started, quote unquote, jumping in every ditch. What? Just jumping ditches. <laughs> Watch these guys. <laughs> I mean, are we talking like irrigation ditches or just on the side of the road ditches? I think all of them. Oh. Every ditch he could find, he was jumping in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, he just started rolling around on the ground at just different times on his way back home. Like he's walking back home and then he would just jump in ditches and then just flop on the ground and just start rolling. He's a teenager. Yes. He's a teenager at this point. <laughs> all right. And he would also stop. He got when he would get to roads because he... he Normally would just follow a road back home. He just started plowing through fields, jumping in ditches and rolling around in the fields. And then when he got to a road, he started just standing in the middle of the road and stopping carriages from moving <laughs> forward. He just stand there, and the only thing he would do is just stare at them with what was quoted as a devilish grin. <laughs> oh, he's great. I don't know if it's inappropriate to ask, but was he on a spectrum? Um, you mean like, was he slightly autistic? Yeah. I think he was just very advanced for his age. Oh, the stopping of carriages and rolling around on the... People didn't know how to handle that. The whole time just staring at them with a devilish grin. Yeah, how do you respond to that? They didn't know. (laughs) Really? Yeah, they had no idea. The townsfolk were just like, what is happening? We knew he was weird, but what? Schizophrenic (laughs) multiple personality. Then when he got home... He just started chucking food at his sisters at the table when they were having dinner. And he just was laughing, again, as Annie would call him, like a madman. <laughs> Very delayed brain injury at this point, I don't know. It, it hit his spine. and the well, His brain's already messed up, it hit his spine, so it just it gave him even more nerve damage or something, just flipped some other switch. He also just... almost drowned as a child, so who knows, maybe the ox- lack of oxygen for a moment may have caught, done something to his brain. And then he had the testicle injury, which has nothing to do with his brain, but is just... You know, Painful. So... This is all what's working against him at this point. He did, though, finally just go to bed after everybody was weirded out, <laughs> including Leslie. Um, but he started going to sleep, and I 
don't know what this means. He just started ranting when he laid down before he fell asleep. And the whole family heard him just ranting. He started ranting about like people's personal lives. And this detail, it doesn't, it didn't get into actual like further detail on exactly what he said. All it said was, all the sources I could find, is that he started talking about his teacher and the relationship that his teacher has with their superintendent. Oh, shit started. And Leslie heard yeah. this. Apparently this was hot gossip that Edgar, though, could have known nothing about. From That's what Leslie said. He said, that kid, there's no way he could have known anything about this. But wasn't he friends with that teacher? That was his favorite teacher. And he was in the mood for staring at people and just taking in every lick of information. Yeah, that's yeah and he was like, you might have, uh, you might see spirits. I'm fucking the superintendent or whatever. You think of that. <laughs> Smell my finger, Edgar. And there's a chance that the superintendent was also male. Back in that day, I'd say they probably were. Yeah. So that could be the you know cause of this. That would definitely be yeah. scandalous. Yeah. Right before he fell asleep, his last words, and I quote, Hooray for Cleveland! What? Rover Cleveland was about to be named president the next day. Unbeknownst to little old man how Casey. Do, how can we confirm unbeknownst, though? Because they were out on a farm, and they didn't even know that the election was happening. Report... Leslie but said. he's advanced for his age, you know, as we've said, he's stopping he, carriages, he can spell cabin, <laughs> he knows what's going on in world news, probably. Oh, yeah, well, I, honestly, probably what happened is that he heard, was, as he was stopping carriages in town, he probably heard someone say, like, do you think Cleveland will win? I think he probably will. Sure. And that he grabbed the tele- telegram wire and was intercepting telegrams. That's true. He Yeah, he could have picked up a paper. Either way... He correctly predicted Rover Cleveland's <laughs> presidency. In the morning, Edgar laid there. He really laid it on. He was, oh, I'm in pain. He's back to his normal senses, but he's just laying there in a heap, acting like he, he's just, you know, lifeless. He can't do anything. He likes to do that. <laughs> he really likes people, a pity party to be thrown for him. He really loves it. And that's honestly, I think that whole thing. I think that they, he was bullied. I think that a kid intentionally threw the ball at him while he had his back turned. Probably so. I think that he started pouting, and this was all a bout of huge extreme immaturity on his part. And this is the that he was just taking out on everyone. Mm-hmm. That's my theory on this particular episode. Okay. I, I, no, I, th- I think started, I think you're probably you know, correct. It just took me a second to come to the same, just come around to your idea. I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, if you have any other thoughts. Or no, things, no, uh, I just, I, 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 I was just like, what? <laughs> he, um, though, did stop, grabbed Leslie and very seriously said to give him a particular poultice to put upon his back. And he gave Leslie the recipe to do this. Egg- Leslie actually did it to the T, put it on there, and Edgar said, I will recover. And then went back to sleep. And then when he woke back up, Totally normal. <laughs> what? So it's about 14 years of age, maybe actually about 15, that little old man Casey started to notice the lady. Oh, yeah, that's when it happens. He started really getting fond with one particular Uh-oh. girl, Bessie Kenner. Hey, Bessie! Bessie, Bessie Kenner. Okay. Bessie Kenner uh, is a year older than him. Oh, my God. Um, she's also the daughter of prominent in the area, Dr. Kenner. Dr. Kenner had um, attended to Casey several times throughout his childhood. That's not good for Edgar. Including this most recent scenario. The one of him just, you know, probably making up an injury. Yeah, the girl's He came dad. in the next morning, examined Casey, and then left. If that, And that's all that was reported he did. Mm. So, Edgar, again, the, he's 15 at this time. 
he uh, handed Bessie a, l- a short little letter telling her, you know, a little bit how he feels. Mm-hmm. Not divulging too much, but, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. And then she gave him a very short uh, reply back, also in the form of a little note. Oh, yeah. And that he thought was very positive. I couldn't figure uh, out. I couldn't figure out what it was on this note, but he thought, "Wow!" And he was just like Twitter pated. You know, he's just oh, still my beating heart. He is, you know, head over heels. So I love that for him. Edgar, with Bible in hand, took Bessie on a walk at a church picnic. Okay. And this is when he decided to tell her that he uh, really was into her vibe. <laughs> he was all about Bessie. And he just started having, like, diarrhea of the mouth and even told her that one day she could become his wife. Whoa, whoa, Edgar, no! And he's no. 15 talking to a 16-year-old. No. The, the main thing about this is he's just talking about himself. He's just talking about how she could better his life. Yeah, he's uh, definitely Like, you can become guys. my wife and all, yeah, and not saying, like, how he could better her life. He can't. Bessie um, laughed at him in his face and said she was only interested in him as um, merely a curiosity. (laughs) Oh my god. He's not even friend zone. He's just. uh, Oh, that is the worst rejection. I see you as like a circus freak. She went so far as to say that her father said that boy's not right in the head. Yeah. That boy ain't right. You got to find a girl whose parents don't already think you're bad shit insane, Edgar. So in full teenage angst, Uh Edgar left the church picnic and went directly to the Kenner household to confront Dr. Kenner. Wow. Yes, to confront the source. (laughs) Because he thought this is the only reason Bessie has this opinion is because of Dr. Kenner, because of her father. It's not, it couldn't be that she has this opinion of him. It's got to be that he's tainting her mind against him because he was able to cure himself with spider webs and with a a poultice that he created. Mm -hmm. Didn't, couldn't. Dr. Kenner couldn't do anything. Yeah. So. So he's went to go to the cock block. Dr. Cock block. (laughs) He did also have a respect for Dr. Kenner. And his respect, though, stems from the fact that Dr. Kenner was in the Confederacy Army. He was a vet. Yeah. And this, he thought he's reputable solely based on that. Yep. So. Yep. uh, Dr. Kenner. Edgar. Dr. Kenner looked at him and said, you are not mentally stable. <laughs> and that's God. from back then. He said, You are not mentally so. He said, and I quote, I should know. I was there the day you got hit by a baseball. <laughs> and this is how Edgar was officially designated the village idiot. Kind of because he dropped out of school due to embarrassment. Because one he was rejection. In the same class. Yes, one rejection. Damn. This is the only time he's ever. Take the L, L, dude. I mean, he literally, right after this incident, he was. Uh, had to be convinced by his mom not to just quit church too because they went to the same church i mean obviously there's only one church yeah. and there's only one school so edgar uh completely dropped out he never returned to school did they ever see each other again uh no other than at church which edgar would not refuse to speak to her or even like look in her direction huh. I mean, no skin off her back. She's like, no, oh, yeah, no. She was just probably laughing. But I wanted, I wanted him when he was like, when he's older and more successful, to be like, I bet she, I bet Bessie regrets not giving me the time of day. Yeah, okay. I don't know that he ever um, brought up Bessie in his later life, but I do know that this event traumatized him so much that not only did he drop out of school, not only did he like he left the church for a few days, or, you know, for a few weeks, and then finally came back. But he didn't talk privately to a female 
for two years hmm. because of this. Like he he was so quote unquote scarred by one rejection. Now of course they did lay it on thick, but of course yeah. you know him, his pestering nature. Mm-hmm. He kept going, probably. What's wrong with me? Why? 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 <laughs> yeah. Why? And she did I mention I can spell cabin? <laughs> Have I shown you the milk? <laughs> you need a you need a carriage stopped. I'm your guy. <laughs> you don't want a boy with the devil inside of him. What? Oh, that does sound kind of cool. Actually. <laughs> actually, if he advertised like himself chicks. like that, yeah, yeah. So no, Edgar took to tobacco farming, just like oh. his grandfather before him. And, well, I mean, he uh, already started smoking. He might as well. Yeah, you know, as well. Yeah. And uh, once again, he is living up to his old man nickname. Really? Yeah. Because he's just smoking a pipe. That was his favorite form of smoking, too. Mm-hmm. A pipe while hoeing tobacco. And uh, which, I will give him credit, at the age of 15, he was a better tobacco farmer than Leslie ever was. Well, I mean, yeah. Of course. His so. dad sucks. Yeah. He's doing something to keep his mind up, haven't you? Yeah, he's just 15, working the land, giving up on dames. Uh, he's really, he's, he's, he's on the incline. Honestly, he kind of is because yeah. this is the, this like two years is the most like um, least incident prone period of his entire life. So the life. most normal he is, yes. is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, partially that he is. He wasn't around anyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's on a farm. He was kind of a hermit. The recluse yeah. years. At the age of 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just picturing him with a comb over this entire time. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a talk about how he did have a, a boarder that stayed with him. Uh, his name was Tom Andrews. Uh, he had been like a cowboy. He's a young man, like a in his early twenties. And Edgar just loved him. Edgar was just like followed him around. They, he Tom took him into Hopkinsville. He claims some wild story about how they got into a bar fight. Yeah. I don't believe uh, well, Edgar doesn't have the greatest fighting record. <laughs> yeah, and you know, according to his story, he was straight up like, "I'm ready to go." Like. Okay, sure mm. you were there. Maybe the tobacco gave him some. He's at the bar just like, I'll fight any motherfucker in here, but I can't speak to a woman privately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta take <laughs> it out somewhere. It's the definition of a fighter, not a lover. <laughs> I have never heard someone say that. I'm a fighter, not a lover. <laughs> yeah, they don't, it's yeah. always the other way around. I know. Um, Tom did teach uh, Edgar how to play poker. He introduced him to the world, the world around him by giving him a copy of the Courier Journal from Louisville, Kentucky, which is still in print today. And he taught him how to dance. Oh my God! It's kind of romantic. Honestly, this story did kind of read oddly. It's like "Call Me by Your Name." Yeah, broke back mountain, mountain a little bit because yeah, Tom. But that's one thing. Tom was a cowboy. Took him out to drinks and stuff. But then he was also very much into like, um, gay sex. I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say he was like abstinence and, uh, a mindset, more of a temperance. So he's an old timey incel. I wasn't going to say that, but maybe, I mean, he's a little more, he's a little too sociable, Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) but, um, he did, he left in 1893 and, uh, Edgar decided a little bit after that, that, um, he needed to take care of his grandma. Because his grandma got Who, sick. Which one is she again? Grandma Sarah, Thomas's first cousin that he married. Oh, the from one that Piney was... Ridge, Tennessee. Okay. Her name was Sarah Thomas. Yeah. Thomas married oh, Sarah right, Thomas. Right, right. So she became, uh, she got ill and uh, was bedridden. And he moved in with her, took care of her. And this is when his grandma really just, for some reason, opened Pandora's box on his grandfather's telekinesis. Oh. She just was like every day, and he would just sit there just in rapture just by what she was saying. His grandmother died a month after he moved in. Leslie, during this time frame, was uh, 
back at it, and he had gotten them in 1893. He had gotten the KC family into $18,000 of debt. Jesus. I don't know how or why. I do not know. Wow. $18,000. John, are you working up conversion? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get back to that. He had every single thing repo. Everything. And they actually had to then move into Carrie, Edgar's mother, uh, Majors. They mm-hmm. had to move into her family home. Because I guess the Casey's just said, we're done with you for now, Leslie. Just mm-hmm. get out of here. So they were banished from the Casey's. The Majors reluctantly took them in. And this household was not big enough to fit the Majors and now all of Leslie's brood. Hmm. Which yeah. was, you know, had grown considerably from when Edgar was a child. Um so eighteen thousand in eighteen ninety three was five hundred twenty six thousand today. So half a million. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. A so there's more Leslie. Yeah. Expecting. Wow, Leslie. What a guy. And there's <laughs> I can't believe with that much money there's no report as to what it was he was doing. Well, it's like I said when I looked this stuff up in one of those uh old newspapers when okay, I was yeah. looking up stuff. Yeah. The earliest stuff I found was just foreclosures on Casey mm-hmm. property. And all it said was something Casey, something Casey, something Casey. So it's like, kind of runs in the family, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like unpaid debt and foreclosures. For the most part, as far as what I could tell, all of Thomas's children, all of Leslie's brothers were all failures. Leslie was just the biggest failure. Mm -hmm. But they are none of them. Again, though, they. I think that makes him the greatest success, really. (laughs) He He, failed so hard he succeeded. Exactly. You don't want to just sort of fail. You need to be a total disaster. Get your family in a half million dollar debt. Well. (laughs) So uh, it was around this time, on top of the debt, it became very evident that Leslie had a venereal disease. Oh, for fuck's sake. It was debilitating at this point so much that he couldn't ride a horse anymore to go into town. So he couldn't work. <laughs> he, he couldn't even start his you know schemes anymore. So he was all kind of bedridden by testicular issues. <laughs> that runs with the family apparently too. I mean, they said that he had open sores. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Bet you guys didn't expect to have so many ball injuries coming into this, did you? But Leslie decided because of this, he can't ride into town anymore. He decided we're scrounging up what we can and we're moving into Hopkinsville. We're taking the Casey's into the big city. Hell yeah. So they get there, but without Edgar. Edgar was scared. Scared of what? The big city. Of the big city. Yes. Again, not a big city at all. I mean, it's bigger than Beverly. That's for dang sure. I mean, they, they had have more than two rooms <laughs> in a school. They had a theater and a courthouse and stuff, so it was yes, decent. They had sized. an opera house. They had entertainment. They had yeah, a bookstore like where he bought the Bible from. You know, they had. They the, went there often, right? Yeah, Leslie did. He went there all the time. Okay, like he spent most of his time in Hawkins, but honestly, because he was Edgar's home. been there before. He has, but that's what scares him because he claims. That when he was there as a child, he saw a man get shot in the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which just is traumatizing. All right. So, Edgar decided to stay with his uncle, Clint. And on the <laughs> that farm. That poor uncle. Oh, God. You don't know what you're in for, dude. Uh, Clint actually is one of the few uh, members of the family that vouched for Edgar no matter what. They, right. they loved each other. Oh, Clint. And, and Edgar loved spending time with Clint. He loved the farm life. But Edgar was forced to finally go to Hoptown when he was once again visited by an angel. Yeah. At the age of 17, June of 1894, the same angel that he had seen in his childhood came back to him and said, leave the farm. Go to your mother. Everything 
will be all right. The next morning, told Clint, I gotta go. Packed up and went. Hawkinsville, I've already kind of explained a little bit. One thing I didn't tell you guys is that they did have a baseball team, and they were called the Moguls. <laughs> the Hawkinsville Moguls. <laughs> what is the mascot of that? <laughs> Not a man, I guess. I don't know. Edgar, though, uh, went to the place that his Bible was bought. Hopper Brothers Bookstore. And he was enamored with that. He said, this is where I gotta be. This is the only place where I feel like I can fit in in this town. So he uh, started badgering once more. This time for a job. So he kept going and kept going. He um, Actually, this is what he said about his his fascination with uh, book, working or being around a bookstore. He said, I had spent much of my life working for the material things for sustaining of the physical man. Here in the store, they had the things for sustaining the mental man. Oh, fuck off. He is so full of shit. <laughs> he came to the brothers and said to them, if you let me work for, fr- I will work for you for free for a month. At the end of that month, if you say that I'm no longer needed, then I'll leave. But if you think that my services are just indispensable, then you can hire me. And they said, I'm free work for a month. Okay. So they yeah, took him really? on. Uh, this is when he started to make the connections that would eventually lead him down the road of being the renowned <laughs> Edgar Casey. Mm. It was here that he started having, uh, he actually started having friendships with people that were of like the more intellectual minds uh, because he started immediately copying the clientele that would come in. He saw how they dressed, saw how they talked, saw how they walked. He wanted to copy all of it. He wanted to completely mimic and become one of these kind of people. So he took to it. And I mean, he looked up to these people so much. And they, he also started, uh, analyzing and talking to traveling preachers. So the point of one preacher that he would like talk to uh, every morning while he was in town, like, cause he would just be sitting on a bench watching the ducks or something. And the Edgar, preacher was watching yeah, the ducks? Edgar, okay. Yeah. The preacher was an Edgar would come and interrupt his quiet time. Oh, it also can be overstated again, simple arrogance that he has about himself oh, and yeah. that pestering nature because he once again badgered his way into becoming a Sunday school teacher Mm-hmm. At least at this time he's seventeen and not eleven. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, he got the job just by being annoying. Mm-hmm. He, Poor children. Oh, one thing also too about the uh, preacher that he was annoying. He thought the preacher should know about the little folk too. Oh yeah. So he kept all and this he's with him. Seventeen at this point. He's seventeen at this point. <laughs> that does make it a lot funnier. He's going to these <laughs> preachers who are traveling around not just the country, but this guy had went to the UK and was preaching all across the world, and he's talking to him about little folk. Mm-hmm. The preacher just again kind of humored him yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little like, folk, that's oh, good. Okay, but Edgar Casey was also drawn to the supernatural. Back to his favorite stories of the Bible mm-hmm. were always the you know, mm-hmm. wild ones. So one day, a very interesting figure came into Hopkinsville for a show. His name was Stanley Hart, or better known as Hart the Laugh King. <laughs> Hart the Laugh King. Wow. Hart the Laugh King was known for hypnotizing people and basically making them do goofy things. Whoa! He was like, whoa, wacky! He was one of the earliest to do that. You know, people that did that sort of thing. Okay. Which seems like it. I still remember people doing that when we were kids, but no, not anymore. I don't even remember. I, can't uh, I remember. That sounds familiar, yeah, yeah. I remember that kind of stuff. 
you're going to act like a chicken. Yeah, yeah. Look at him. They he's quacking. Like, they hold a watch, you know, that swings, mm-hmm. you know, pocket watch that swings, and they start telling you, you are sleepy. Yeah. You are sleepy. It's really funny. Yeah, and then, yeah, so Edgar was, he was like, oh, my God, I got to get in on this. <laughs> he, uh, Hart the Laugh King was on stage. Like, he was prominent enough to get a stage performance at the opera house. And uh, Edgar volunteered himself and actually got up on stage. But the Laugh King was unable to hypnotize Edgar. Edgar uh, just would never go into a train. He just, just never would. He's just too tough a nut. He And Edgar said, you know what? I'm very disappointed by this, but... No scar tissue. He's got a tough nut. <laughs> Wait, he? why is he disappointed? Oh, he, he wanted, wanted to be he like wanted receptive. To be, yes, he wanted to be very receptive to this behavior because he thought it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. But and he continued to be fascinated by it, but was you know disappointed at this yeah. moment. And that's the Laugh King came and went. And <laughs> oh, so he realized the stage magician was a stage magician, not an actual. No, he just thought it didn't work for him. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, he didn't think. Oh, this is bunk. No, he thought there's something wrong with my brain that it just didn't work. But oh, I'll he's right about both. <laughs> <laughs> so the next little part of the story, I'm gonna start to wrap the first part of Edgar Casey's life. Okay. Um, but the next part, I do want to kind of probably go back and touch on a little bit in part two to kind of flesh out in part two. But for right now, uh, let's talk about one of the most life-altering moments of Edgar's life. He got an invitation to a dance. Oh! He got this invitation by a girl named Ethel Duke. She was also older. Oh, um, she's He's got beautiful. a type! She was reported to be a very attractive woman, and... Um, she gave him an invitation to go up to a, a family home that was noted in the area. Like, everybody knew it was called The Hill. The house was called The Hill. Okay. It was a place that That's was cool. considered in Hopkinsville like a safe haven for intellectuals. <laughs> All two of them in Hopkinsville. <laughs> hey. Burn, Christian County. Uh, Leslie, you know, Edgar was like, Pa, I got to go to a party. I've been invited. And Leslie said, <laughs> he said no. What? He said he forbade him. Wow. Yeah. Wrong. And uh, Edgar Syker didn't go. But he saw Ethel Duke again, and she's like, why didn't you come? And he's, so she said, well, you're welcome anytime, because he said, Paul won't let me. <laughs> so she said, you're welcome anytime, and he uh, next time they had a party, he didn't tell Leslie. At the same place? He was at the hill. He's 17, 18 at this point, or? Yeah, he's, um, I believe, still 17 at this point. He thought that Ethel was in- interested in him. I he's, would he's too. He's 17 at this point, actually. Yeah, sorry. You uh, would, too. Yeah, yeah. He thought right. she invited Give him some to, credit. Uh, she invited him to something and then yeah. said, oh, yeah, you're welcome anytime. Then, then yeah. That's, and that's... she didn't call him a curiosity. <laughs> exactly. Exa- yeah, yeah. Well, he would come to find out that the, um, the mystery suitor if you will, was actually 15-year-old Gertrude Evans, who oh, for was sake. living oh, at the Hill. She was asking for a friend. Oh, she was God. Ex- Edgar, no. Gertrude was very smitten with the young Casey. They had How did she know him? Through the bookstore. She had come into the bookstore, had interacted oh, yeah, with he's him. because not in school no more. And, and she was with Ethel yeah. at the time. They left. She sent Ethel back in like the next day to give him a classic move. Again, Ethel's older than both of them. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. And Gertrude lived at the hill. She was one of the children that lived at the hill. Mm -hmm. Why do they live there? There's a whole, I mean, it's a family home. Oh, okay. It was a wealthy family. Okay, gotcha. And they just hosted other, they wanted to be, they actually, the hill 
really burgeoning place for Edgar's mind to kind of wrap itself around like occult ideas. Hmm. Um, actually, they knew they were probably his source for uh, Blavatsky and other minds like that. Despite Edgar only talking about the Bible at the party, Gertrude still liked him. That's literally all he brought to the party. He didn't know what to say to anyone at any time except for he would just say, yeah. so this you one thing Samson? in the Bible. <laughs> so he Y'all know Samson? He grew out his hair. <laughs> Gertrude uh, took him by the hand, led him away, and they discussed things privately. And he said, you would make a good spouse. Well, this is the first time he's talked to a girl privately since Bessie Kinner. Wow. Since he was told he was a curiosity. This is the first time. That was two years ago. Mm -hmm. This is the first time. He's back in the game. And I guess because of that, he came away after, because they just talked and then he left. It was getting late. He left. He somehow or another came away still like, I'm not sure if she likes me. I don't know how he didn't. Well, you catch know, on, he's, but... he's now he's second guessing himself. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it should be noted though too that Casey was open about the little folk, <laughs> and Gertrude didn't like it. She did not like that side ah. of him. She did not like his talking. Hey, little folk, he, just but, be um... like, look, Bessie, if you can't handle me in my worst, you don't <laughs> deserve me in my best. Well, she handled him at his. There worst. you go. She uh, fell in love with him. Sorry, Ethel. No, wait. No, Gertrude. Gertrude. That's it's Gertrude. fucking name. Gertrude. Yeah, Bessie was the old yeah. one. All right. Uh, she fell. Gertrude fell in love with Edgar Casey. But even during their courtship, and him having a job, and really his life seeming to be—is it, is it a job at this point, or is he still? Yeah, working yeah he actually has been bumped up to a full. Oh, job okay, okay. So it's been purpose. more than a month. Okay. So his life is on the up and up. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Edgar still has these bouts of immaturity to where one time. I'll just be quick on these. One time, Gertrude told Edgar that he was seemed to be getting a little sleepy. Maybe he should just go to bed. Edgar then <laughs> wouldn't, quote-unquote, wake up until the next day. This was just like in the evening. He wouldn't wake up until well after the morning, like into the afternoon of the next day, until Gertrude just got angry and said, you got to get up now. So he's just being a shithead. Yeah. The other weird thing... This one's more extreme, but I'll still be quick with it. Casey came home one evening. Uh, he had been out, actually, with a friend that he met from the bookstore. He came there to find that they had a relative staying over. They are in a small place. They have a small home. So they actually, the relatives needed to use Edgar's room. Leslie just said, yeah, no problem. Again, Edgar is like, you know, he's still the teenager. He's still the son. So, you know, they're hosting. That is kind of normal even today. That's, mm-hmm. you know, not weird. Edgar, being the great host that he is... Just pouted about it openly in front of the whole family. And then was told, just go, you gotta, the the couch is yours. Just go there. And he pouted his way onto the couch, fell asleep. Everyone woke up in the middle of the night with a couch on fire. He claims complete and total innocence. He claims he does not know at all what happened. But also, Casey himself was caught on fire. So he was smoking, dropped his ashes on something. That's probably that. Either that or he just (laughs) let it happen because he's mad. Yeah. Because, again, all these outbursts, you know. But their courtship went great despite even all that weirdness. And Edgar proposed to Gertrude in 1897. So he's 20 at that point. Yeah. They hadn't kissed. They hadn't. um, They had done only holding hands. Only anal. (laughs) No. She actually uh, had to initiate the first kiss. He's 20. I believe that. She had to initiate, and she looked at him and said, what are you waiting for? Like, after she said yes. Which, it did take her a few days to say yes, though. She had to wait. Had oh, because be he just had to pester her because it's yeah. just, so he just kept me, are you? And then are she's you? like, and you won't even kiss me now? 
We can't do it while the little folk are watching. <laughs> By the way, I should know that the little folk, he's not seeing them actively at this point. That's good. Okay. He's he doesn't still, he's see just, them. He's just talking about them. But he still from... loves them. Okay. They still have a very dear place in his heart. <laughs> yeah. And now just real quick, I want to just get into this little side venture that happened in Louisville. Edgar Casey went to Louisville. Uh, he got fired from the Hopper Brothers bookstore and not really sure why. They just, just said, they just simply looked at him and said, we don't need you anymore. Pre or post engagement? This is post. Post, okay. Actually, right about the same time, like right after. But before wedding. He got fired. Yes. Well, they didn't get married for years later. Oh, so it was a long engagement. Yes, it's okay. a very long engagement. Edgar, who was scared of Hopkinsville, <laughs> moved to Louisville <laughs> to find a job. Again, leaving his fiance as well. Mm-hmm. Edgar, again, by sheer annoyance, and arrogance got himself a job at a bookstore called J.P. Morton. He and uh, yeah, your yeah, mind went the same way I did. I was like, what? Yeah, no, Morton. He just filled their mailbox to the point where, like, fine, let's hire this weird Casey guy. His resume's all over the place. So they hired him, and this story is weird because there's not a lot that substantiates this story because he he claims that he was just rising the ranks of this store to the point where he had his own little office. At one point, he was making like a real good money. Everything was going great. But then also, he was having, possibly having an affair. Oh. Yeah, this is where the story takes a real <laughs> weird turn. Casey later claims that he did have a quote-unquote secret flame. Mm. And he didn't divulge any, even in his private letters, never divulged any other information other than that. Mm. He did also, though, say this woman was named Margaret. Now, he never connected the secret flame to Margaret, but one could, you know connect those two together he claims that margaret met him and was a wealthy daughter daughter of a wealthy businessman i should say okay and she came in again the businessman's unnamed she came into the bookstore edgar uh and her she just became enamored because edgar was so good at popping off questions you know he's just boom boom you need to find you know the newest edgar Allan poe got you you need to find that you know he's just boom 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 and she's like mind blown (laughs) so she just they spend the year that he was in Louisville together. But he's still engaged. He's still engaged. Okay. They spend just so much time together. And he did say, he never said he was cheating. He did, though, say, he did admit in one private letter, well later in his life, that uh, Margaret did threaten his relationship with Gertrude. Man. He did say that. Like she but threatened or that her presence threatened? Her it. presence okay. threatened the relationship. Again, no last name is ever given on Margaret. No background info other than a wealthy daughter and mm-hmm. the businessman's not named. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to substantiate a lot of this. The thing that their, mo- their most favorite activity was to, they joined the Christian Endeavor movement, which was a young people society to basically evangel- evangelical society evangelize evangelize yes uh going around preaching the good word as young people and they were really a catalyst for what would later be the temperance movement okay because a lot of young people started to kind of have this mindset that would then kind of tailspin into the temperance movement but they did claim to do a lot of good they were claimed to do a lot of charity work and things like that during their his time in Louisville. unfortunately though gertrude back home she was literally withering away they claimed she got down to 70 pounds she was bedridden and just was laying there going Where's my Edgar? Where's my boy? Edgar just didn't come home. He never would come home. Finally, he came home for a visit. Just a visit for Christmas in 1899. This is literally the first time he's been back. So it's like two years. Like, wow. He saw the condition she was in, and basically the family said, you're not allowed to go back. You have to stay here. 
Oh, he's not allowed to go back to Louisville. Yeah. They're like, we're, we're keeping him and here. And, okay. that is the last time he claims he ever saw Margaret. He never went back to say goodbye. He stuck around in Hawkinsville. Well, I guess he went back, got his stuff, came back to Hawkinsville. And he started to work with his father. Good old yeah. Leslie. He started a brand new venture, business venture. It's a traveling insurance group called the Woodmen of the World Insurance. <laughs> Gertrude's mother gave them a place to live. Gertrude and... Uh, or gave him, I, I mean, Edgar, a place to live. Because okay. Gertrude was still living at the hill. He started living like right across from the hill. Um, but here's the weird part. No mention is ever made again about the supposed great salary he was supposed to have in Louisville. Like, he didn't come back with a lot of money. So... He yeah. spent it all on the movers coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, when he was in Louisville, too, he's just staying in a boarding house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he never, like, was paying rent other than just a room. So it's cheap living. Weekly rate, right? yeah. yeah. Now, what happened next is the most debilitating incident that's happened to him since he poked himself in the balls. Oh, I was getting ready to say, you said that was the most, and you said that of his childhood. This yes, is his this first, is this is his first adulthood. Because this is, um, so on April 18th, 1900. Edgar was on a business trip to Elkton, Kentucky, a small little town. He decided to see a doctor about a recurring headache they had been having for a few months. Uh, I think 14 years later, it was found out that that headache issues that he had from time to time was from uh, the... Hole in his head? Actually, no. Actually, no. The ball injury. Oh. The injury to the balls. Wow. Okay. Edgar, on this trip, you know, started uh, having the headaches. He took some medicine that the doctor gave him. After the me- he took the medicine, he started ranting and raving all around town. Again, the devilish grin, thing, <laughs> you know, pop back up, <laughs> stopping people. He's going nuts. <laughs> and then he woke up the next morning not being able to speak above a whisper. What the fuck? In case God. he would not be able to speak above a whisper for the better part of a year uh, after this. And he's 23 right Until, yeah. yes, he is 23 right now. And he started to be able to talk again when one day, fatefully, the Laugh King came back to yes! And he managed <laughs> to put Edgar Casey under a hypnotic trance King. this time. And that is where we will leave things Man. for part one. Edgar's kind of exhausting, isn't he? He's just always into something. He has more God odd damn. incidents that I could not just come up with <sighs> than anyone I've ever heard of. I think. You're just like, I'm not making this shit up. His first 20 years, I mean, he poked himself in the balls. I mean, when he was three, he had two things <laughs> that almost killed him. <laughs> Then he's witnessed his grandfather's death at the age of four. Yeah. He's talking to little folk. He's talking to his grandpa. He had the milk breast at birth. <laughs> he's I, a curiosity. He's a, Yeah, he got beat constantly. Um, not just by his father, but by his classmates. He could spell cabin. <laughs> he could spell cabin, though. So, yeah. This is Edgar Casey, guys. Wow. And um, the origin story, the origin more than I was expecting. This is the origin story. And next time we will get into the rise of the hypnotic trance like Edgar Casey and his trance self, which is a totally different movie. That sounds good. I guess we'll see y'all next week. See ya. See ya, guys. Testicles.